0: All right, welcome back to another Window Chats with Robin. Uh, We have Daniel today, and what's really exciting is Daniel is in another meeting, so he's going to hop on at some point. So I'm just gonna rant and see how long this goes, and I might end up starting again, which is always fun. The thing about Instagram Live, as some of you may know, I have a love-hate relationship with it because the connection doesn't work, or my internet doesn't work, or, oh, wait, this is when I wanna put my audio in. Okay, oh wait, you're still, Instagram's still catching up. Let's see if the audio works. I have technical difficulties. And I have the earpods in now, cause I'm fancy like that. And then I'll wait till someone I know comes on and they'll be like, Robin, your audio is awesome. And then I just need a thumbs up. But there's also a delay in the comments. So I don't know if they're doing a thumbs up cause they're just excited to be in this room with me or if the sound is good. There's a lot going on in my head and I'm glad I could share it with talking to myself. Oh yeah, I see my hubby. Okay, hey micers, can you hear my sound? Just give me like a thumbs up, that'd be awesome. Thanks. So that was the first time for everything. I just got a phone call, that was fun. Now let's, so hopefully I'm not disturbed again. And this is, that was the first for a phone call. Oh, I usually have do not disturb, but you know what? Lesson learned the hard way. So let's rant about Jeopardy. Yes, I did want to talk about Jeopardy. I was watching it last night. Shout out to Ken Jennings. I think he's doing a pretty good job. What I like about him is that I feel like he knows the answers, so he doesn't really need the cue cards. Although they don't really show him not reading from the cue cards, so maybe he wasn't that smart to begin with. I don't know. I'm not sure. I have faith in him, though. But the one thing I was thinking about about Jeopardy the other day was when they write the final Jeopardy, What's very interesting to me is it's still, you know, they write it down and they can't erase anything. That's a little weird. Why can't, why isn't there a reset button? I mean, I feel like technology has come such a long way that you should be able to erase and then rewrite it. But every time there's a Final Jeopardy, you see them scratching it out. And what if they run out of space? I genuinely am concerned. So this is just my thought. If anyone has any thoughts about Jeopardy, Final Jeopardy, how we can improve the show. I think they're always trying to look for ways to do it better. Oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks for enjoying my ramblings. Uh, Cause I uh, I enjoy talking to myself on a daily basis. But genuinely, I am curious. They have the special guest coming in, which could be cool. I like Ken. I vote for Ken. I think my vote is very important. Yeah. What did Robin say about Jeopardy? Who should be the host? Well, that's that's why uh, they pay me the big bucks, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing in my studio. Oh God, if Dano doesn't come on soon, I'm gonna have to restart this because this is, this is gonna get awkward. Um, let's see, someone write a comment and I, I will discuss it. Oh yeah, actually, I'll do a shout out to Jen. I saw your morning chat. She does them at 9 a.m. It's coffee chats with Jen. It was early, I still watched it, and I enjoyed that. And she had dental surgery and she was pushing through. That is commitment. I have to give you mad props for that because I would not be on a live if I had dental surgery. Or, I mean, I say that, but if I booked something and it was really good and it paid well, yeah, I would do it. So, yeah, you know what? This is what us actors do. Yeah, it's it's all for the craft. It's for the love of the craft. Ah, so, uh, oh, yeah, no problem, Jen. My pleasure. I enjoy watching. See, this is like actors supporting actors, people supporting people. It's a nice community we're building. Now, the question is... <laughs> you Your mouth didn't fail you a couple of times. I I understood pretty much everything. I think you were self-doubting yourself and that is what I do all the time. Like even though I'm starting this, I'm thinking, should I start? Should I wait for Daniel? Is he gonna come on? What if Daniel doesn't show up and I just end up talking about Daniel the whole time? I think that could be fun. So I have like a special guest, but they don't show up and then I just talk about how I know them and then it just saves time when they come in, if they come in at all. That could be a thing. Oh, I got a heart. Okay, I respect that. Or it could be a delayed heart because there's delays on comments. I don't know. So I'll just assume it was for the comment I just said and I appreciate that. That could be cool, (laughs) okay? I'm making someone laugh. My husband has to listen to it because we're married. That's what happens when you get married, but no, I love him too. And he's in the other room and uh, listening. And he's like, why do you do these all the time? And I'm like, I don't know, but he he supports me and I appreciate that. That's what marriage is all about, said Ra. Oh, about, oh, Canadianism, okay about, about? About? Uh, If anyone can say that properly, kudos. You know what, no. I say Americans should get used to our Canadian accents. It's sorry and about and that's how we say it and that's fine, that's not gonna make or break the rule. That is my opinion, that is a thought. I just think we're getting a little too nitpicky about words and then you get in your head and then I see those lines and I go about, um. Regarding, I just kind of changed the word and that's probably not appreciated by the writer. So that could be why oh, Daniel's here. Oh, good. These rants were going terribly. Okay. Let's invite Daniel. Yay. Oh, that was a weird yay. That was not good. All right, Daniel, send request. Here we go. Waiting. Oh, will he, won't he? Hi. <laughs> I, I had a massive rant. It was terrible. So oh, I'm glad that you thank you for joining. It was getting no, really painful.
1: So sorry I'm late. Things kind of just ran a little hectic on my end.
0: So you are always trying to find work. I love it. You're like, okay, so I have your chat, but I have something before that. I'm like, when do you sleep? I don't know.
1: Uh, it's so funny because I, I think other people have said the same thing about me, but I I actually take my sleep very seriously. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I make sure to get my actually the actually the last week it's has been rough on the sleep edge. But like, in general, I like I'm trying to get my seven eight hours, and so that I can do what I need to do for the remaining, you know, 16 hours in the day.
0: You have your really cool like a hipster hat going on. This is a cool look.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. It literally is just my hair is doing the things in the wind today. I said, fuck it and put on a hat. That's really all it is. Um, okay, nice. But I also this is actually the first time I've ever gone live on Instagram before. So I was like, Oh, God, like, I don't want my hair to do <laughs> so again, throw on a hat.
0: Yeah, I would love my husband's hair is really tall right now. And I'd love if my hair would just be out of the frame. So you just have my face and then my hair. I would enjoy yeah. that. Oh, I can't okay. really spike it that way. But.
1: Depending on How this chat goes, maybe I'll because now it's going to be very flat. So I'll take it off at some point. So I'll do the oh. I'll do the reveal.
0: Please keep your clothing on. Okay, this is an Instagram I, live.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool oh and we have we have oh the woo girl hi Morgan she's the best do you know ch-
0: I don't but that's a, I saw the woo girl and I'm like oh my gosh that okay. is a cool name
1: Morgan is doing incredible things you think I don't think that woman is easily like probably the hardest working woman I've ever met she's doing incredible we're working together on a, on a couple projects but like what this if you i don't know morgan if you're still in the chat put your website in the chat there we'll shamelessly plug it but she has some amazing amazing products um her story is amazing um and the um the the products that she sells like i know she sells like makeup but they have like incredible names and they're all like I, I don't know what the proper terms are but like eco-friendly and not tested on animals and and stuff like that but the the message she tries to to send out buy with these products i think it's just so incredible and so gorgeous so if you don't know morgan david follow her on instagram check out her website The Google. there it is www.laywoo.com check it out she's amazing she's
0: adorable like- oh sorry i keep okay i have to remember to not talk while you're talking uh i was commenting on how adorable that site is um okay yeah uh that's a good name that's i'm so i love this whole natural like be careful with what you put on your face and everything. I actually, oh, this is funny. I ran into Lindsay August. Do you remember the Actors Playground? Yeah. Yeah, and I ran into her and she was promoting this good for your body, natural. And I thought, whoa, like, she's just so cool. Everyone, yeah. like she's, it's, you are what you put on your body. or Yeah,
1: yeah. sure. Yeah, she, yeah, it's so interesting because like my, my little sister, um, shout out Elisa. Um, <sighs> she's so careful about what she puts on her face. And like, I know everyone, um everyone has like different skin and everyone has different like sensitivities. Like for me, I remember, you know, you know, when everyone like hits puberty and your skin starts to freak out, you do what your friends or what your family tells you to put on your face. And so I did, and that kind of worked, but then it wasn't until I was like 25 or 26, or however old I was, I was doing a show in South Carolina and there was this, um, this one of my cast members is this like beautiful Australian man. Um, and he had like, easily the most glowing skin I've ever seen. And I I asked him, I was like, what do you do? do? How are you doing that? Because I was still like, freaking out. My skin was freaking out. And he literally said he was like, what do you use on your face? And I showed him like the, you know, the products I was using. He's like, you need to use water, just water. And I didn't believe him. And then literally, he's like, do it for two weeks. There were like two weeks left in the contract. So I was like, fine, what do I have to lose? He's like, What's going to happen is your skin's going to freak out for a week and then it's going to clear up overnight and you're never going to use another product ever again. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Um, it, it's crazy. Now, not everyone can do that because everyone has different skins, but he and I had very similar like skin tones and sensitivities and stuff. But yeah, it's like, it's so crazy how everyone is so specific about their regimen, but you got to do what's right for you.
0: I I love that people have a regimen. I admire that because I'm like, I don't know. This is what I learned to from someone, and then I kind of just do it. And, and now, like, you know, I'm older, I have to take care of myself, and everyone's doing these face routine. I tried to do face yoga, I was unsuccessful, it was very bad. Uh, I'm sorry. But you... it's face yoga. It was really interesting. And you, like, what is that? and you do this whole oh, thing. <laughs> yeah, I totally, I didn't. That's the first Instagram live I tried, and it was very yeah. interesting. I have a lot of tension in my job, but it's you okay. have to take care of your face. And I guess that makes yeah. sense because this is what they cast you for. Uh, yeah. But I, uh, it's a lot, it's a lot of, it's a whole other realm of learning that I'm like, "Ah, I don't know what I'm putting on my face.
1: What's up, Cross? Hey, my good friend, David Cross, I don't know if you know
0: I know David Cross, but I think that was- Toronto
1: Jewish community, so, (laughs) you know, who knows?
0: I, um, I had such a memory. I was meeting these people from Associated. Uh, Do you remember Associated? That was- back. Came- it was in the, exactly came in and we're taught and it's so fascinating how you view yourself as a child to yeah. how people viewed you and what it was such a good it was like a couple nights ago and I thought it was very mind blowing because this hmm. is how people perceive you and this is how I perceive myself and I thought, oh, this is, uh, interesting. uh yeah. Cool.
1: Yeah, exactly. Makes you look like a crazy face yoga crazy person. Yeah, I, it totally does. I mean, as a singer, we do a lot of exercises and we make some crazy noises. So is that is that Jenna? Is that how you pronounce it? Jenna? Jen? Oh,
0: I mean, it's okay. Jen. Yeah. It's Jen. not yeah. Jennifer Gardner. I made that mistake.
1: That's okay. We'll just we'll just say Jen. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely does make you look and feel like a crazy person. Oh, and apparently it's the same cross.
0: I know. I'm so excited when I saw that.
1: Okay. Yeah, Dave Cross is a very good friend. Hi. Of
0: mine.
1: Your dear friend. I love him.
0: I don't I don't know the crossover. Do we just do elementary? Do we do middle, middle school?
1: The crossover?
0: This is over my-
1: <laughs> Sorry, go for it. What was the crossover?
0: No, no, I just I get people confused where did I know them from elementary or middle school or high school or all? I don't so know.
1: yeah, I mean I mean you knew you were in my sister's grade. You were a couple years right. old a couple years ahead of me. So I didn't, I didn't actually know about you until high school. Oh, because I was I was in class with uh, with Jamie. Um Classic.
0: Shout out to my sister, Jamie. Hey, yes. Jamie. I yeah. don't think you're gonna watch this. But hi. Okay. Whatever.
1: That's um, <laughs> with her. And like, I mean, Jamie was always so nice to me, which is like was rare for for middle school and, and elementary like Jamie's that was consistently nice to me. But we were never like close close. Um, so I, you know, I didn't know that she had siblings. Um, and then I got to, I got to high school, and I saw. I think I was meeting Ariella, my older sister, outside of the class. And someone who I thought was Jamie walked out of her class, and I got really confused. <laughs> and that's how. Like, I don't think I we ever like spoke in high school. And then we met years and years and years later, and it's just fun little coincidence
0: that meeting was amazing because I'm looking and I'm like this guy looks exactly like Daniel Karp and there's no way he's not acting he's what is he doing here I it was and I I think it took me the entire a couple hours whatever and I just kept staring him is that Daniel
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I know I definitely I made that uh I would say transition into into acting like midway through university. The only reason I hesitate to say that is because to say you're transitioning into something is suggesting that you were doing something before and I wasn't really. Um, I was very much in the process of just trying to figure out what I wanted because I wanted to go to school. I, I knew that I wanted to go to school more so to figure out what I wanted to do than to just be an academic um, because I felt at that point... I think it's even more so true now, but I feel like at that point you could get your undergrad anywhere. Like it didn't like people like to talk about how their school is the best school. And, you know, you have more classes, go to this law school or that medical school, whatever. And that's true. But for your undergrad, it doesn't like, doesn't really matter. Um, so I just know that I wanted that experience. Um, and I, I found acting literally like half, like I didn't, I didn't do acting or really singing until like my third year of, of, uh, of university and that's how I, that's how I found it.
0: I did not, okay, because I see, I've seen you, I'm not creepy, I just know a lot about people and it's alarming, okay. but I saw you. Okay, so we did that group, that film group, whatever. Yeah. And the, shout out to Actors Playground, it was very, it was yeah. fun. And shout then
1: out, I put that together, cause that's really cool of her.
0: It was really cool. It was a yeah. bunch of actors and we're just working on our craft and we're filming stuff. And I thought, yeah, this group's cool. But yeah. I saw you after that in the Toronto Fringe and I'm like, he sings and like he performs on stage. I was just, and then I'm fangirling you after their show. I'm like, oh my God, Daniel, hi, do you remember me? We did something together and it was very awkward for me, but you were so good and you won Thank an award.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So, cause I, I mean, I always liked to sing, um, but I just didn't have um, a family that was, let me, I was about to say I didn't have a family that was supportive of it. My family's very supportive. And I'm very lucky and I wake up every morning and count my blessings of how lucky I am with that. And they you are say that
0: it's a lie. If I get it. I respect yeah. that. Okay.
1: Um, that being said, I, and I was talking about this with my dad, um, last week, I went on a walk with a friend who isn't in the industry at all. And it's so funny how people who aren't in the arts industry don't really know how to talk about it. They think they know how to talk about it because they watch movies or because they, you know, one of the beautiful things about, about actors is that because actors are revealing these very deep parts of themselves, we all feel like we know who they are, so we feel like we know how to talk to them or how to talk about it. but a lot of people who don 't know the industry don 't have experience they don 't know how to talk about it so they so my family was really supportive, but they didn 't know how to be supportive they didn 't realize that by being overly critical of a lot of these things doesn 't actually doesn 't actually help um, so I always liked to sing, and they just weren 't supportive in the right way for that. Um, first time I sang in front of people was the grade eight musical, uh, Associated.
0: I thought you were in that. Okay, because I had yeah. to see that because Jamie and my younger brother Adam were in it too. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm
1: gonna... yeah. Um, and it was it was Oliver Twist. And that was a really interesting experience because I, um, I <laughs> so I, I was cast as Oliver because in grade eight, I was the last boy to have my voice drop. So, I was able, like, seriously, that, that like, thing, but, like, I had never, I didn't know what it was thing, but I just had this high voice, and nothing had dropped yet, so I walked into that audition room, and sang, and they were, like, oh, thank God, because they were going to cast a girl, and just dress her up like a boy. Wait, um, so
0: this was grade eight? I thought you guys did it in high school, as well. When did I see this? Oh, oh, oh that,
1: that that's, coming, that's common, that's common, so I didn't do the one in high school.
0: Oh, directed by Brian Lee, my cousin, the directed. Tony winner.
1: Uh-huh. Or oh, are, are, is Brian Lee your cousin? <laughs> yeah. Brian is a cool dude. He really is. He's a nice guy. Um but yeah, so I I did that and I was made very self-conscious of my singing voice from some of the people on the cast. I mean, it, you know, it's grade 8. People like to and, and I was, you know, to say I wasn't part of the popular crowd is an understatement. Um, and so I was just made to feel like very self-conscious about I- my during like one of the last dress rehearsals before we opened, my voice cracked for the first time like on stage, like during Where is Love. Um, and it was even more like <laughs> traumatizing because um there was a girl that I had a big crush on in the and, and it's so actually funny. Do you know Brian Weiss? No. She she studies at L.B. with uh with Lewis. Um if she's watching this, she and I she she's a very good friend of mine and we laugh about it to this day. But um she like knew that I had a crush on her and I felt super embarrassed. So I swore off musical theater. I swore off singing after that show. I didn't do theater again. I didn't sing again for years. Um, and I didn't like express it at home because I was just made to feel so self-conscious about it. Um, and then I did the talent show in grade 11. Um, I can't even remember how I got involved in that. And I was like, Oh yeah, I kind of, I do like to sing. I do. Um, and then I asked my friend what in the next year, I was like, ah, maybe I'll do the musical. What, uh, what show are you doing? And they were like, oh, we're doing a production of Oliver Twist. And I was like, fuck that. No way. I'm out, skis. Like, absolutely not. Um, so again, I poured off and then went to university and tried doing a bunch of things and failed at a bunch of different things. And then found my way back to singing and found my way into the theater really for the first time. And that kind of just ran with it.
0: I, I love how you kind of went away, but came back to it. It's your calling. You couldn't deny it. That's, yeah, like, yeah, I think yeah. your sister just joined. Oh my god, oh, be
1: cool, be cool. Yeah. It's okay. She's she's the best. I once fan I fanboyed Carp once when he was just hanging out making casts. That's true. I, I I fanboyed David Cross as well during that time. So the, <laughs> film was cool. um, but yeah, it's it's so. But interesting. you know
0: what? That grade eight play is messed up. Okay, because my sister, we went away for a week. I don't remember why. I think we we went away. She came back and her part was given away, and she was Fagin or something like that. She's like the whatever. That's Fagan, right? The,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. person
0: that does that p- Pick a Pocket song?
1: Yeah, the Pick a Pocket, yeah, for
0: yeah. sure. So she comes back and she goes, no, you, you missed one rehearsal, you're out of the show. And it was...
1: Hey, man, theater's rough. Theater's it was...
0: <laughs> rough. You can't commit. <laughs> it was one rehearsal.
1: Yeah, no, that's crazy. That's... I didn't, so I, I, pardon? I was, I didn't know that was happening. I was, I was too busy, you know, being a star. I couldn't, I couldn't I didn't have the time or mental space to really... You know know what was yeah. happening below you
0: know everyone has their own story right this is yeah. oliver just tore people apart i was okay i was reminiscing i don't know if you had to see this did okay. you have to see b is for bully did you have to watch that
1: b is for bully
0: this is what we did i was in grade five at cayman and we put on a show called b is for bully and ironically everyone who was in that show got bullied it was oh. about anti-bullying it was so ridiculous it was...
1: that's not that sounds about right for associated that sounds like like quintessential associated yeah um, it, yeah that's so funny I, I don't know if I don't know if we
0: saw that i I don't remember if they made all the school watch it but I was talking about uh, <laughs> our associated plays the other day mm. and you know what they try hard I think but I can't imagine I mean I don't have kids right now but I can't imagine watching that. Because it must have been so bad as a parent. The mics aren't working. The sound's bad. No one's talented. Honestly, maybe there's one. But, and then your kid, <laughs> honestly, my dad, I love him. He films everything. He would film the wrong person. So oh. I have footage of other people performing because we all look like, okay, you're all a whiteout or a pencil or whatever in the show. Yeah. Like,
1: it was just. That's so funny. <laughs> that, sounds right. that, that sounds right. Because that would also be like what? Like early mid 90s?
0: I don't want to age myself but yes probably but
1: yeah um yeah anyways going, going back to the other thing um so yeah so i when i kind of ran with the whole musical theater thing i i really felt for the first time that i'd found like a community of people because i when i left high school i didn't know what i wanted to do but i knew that whatever i did i wanted to make sure that i i truly loved it not just like kind of liked it like i wanted to make sure that I, was getting, I wanted to do this for a long time. And I just had no idea what that was. Um, and, you know, and and shout out to Queen's musical, the Queen's theater department. I mean, it's very different now than it was back then. Um, and I think, you know, nothing's perfect. There were things to improve, but it really did provide me with that that space to kind of explore this um, and really try it. And then um, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I <laughs> that's so funny. I actually haven't thought about this in a while. Um, I accidentally, applied to a program in the States, um, but then ended up getting in and ended up going anyways. Um, and did that musical theater thing and lived in the States for a few years. And then when I moved back to Toronto in like twenty 2017, I'd never done film, I'd never been on screen. And it was just so apparent to me that Canada and specifically Toronto was more of a film and TV town than a theater town. And I was having certain conflicting feelings about theater and musical theater in general. So like, this is a good like, time to like, you know, reset, this is a really good time to like, you know, try something new. And I am really grateful that I did. And it's funny that actually, uh, Brittany Charlotte Smith is in the call right now because um, I met her in my first acting like film acting class here. um, And she has easily been one of the people that has been so supportive and and so kind. And I'm glad because I, I found the passion that I felt for theater that I was struggling to feel, I felt for screen. And I've been running with that kind of ever since.
0: You're so good. I love watching you in class. And oh. I, I still remember, I have such a vivid memory of, I think it was a film, again, I know what you did. I don't know what was, I think it was from Ozark. And you just whip out this accent. I'm like, what can't this kid do? <laughs> I believe you. like, hey, yeah, I'm doing this accent now. I'm like, I'm not even going to try. I'm not, I'm not, I haven't warmed up and I'm going to embarrass myself,
1: but. Yeah, you got to warm up. You got to warm up. Uh, I'm
0: I'm just going to try and then it's going to sound real bad.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It was
0: great. But
1: that show you saw me, it was the first time I'd sung on stage in literally like probably four years. I hadn't sung in front of people. Um, And that was, and I almost didn't do the show. I was really like, I was really hesitant about it because I had certain, preconceived notions about my voice and certain insecurities that I was working on. And, you know, I don't know, I didn't know if I wanted to get back into the theater world because I had just, I was working so hard on breaking certain habits that I'd built up from the theater world and from theater school. Um, and I was really proud of the progress I'd made, but the piece when I read it was was very, very compelling to me. Um, and I also, originally I joined that show, uh, you saw the, because you, you saw the show and so you know what it's about, it's called Every Silver Lining, um, which is written by Alison Weather and Laura Pitchenen. And um, I'm, I'm really happy that they're still developing the show because I think it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. Um, but when I originally, unless I'm, I don't think I'm. No, I'm pretty sure I'm right in this. When I, when we read through the script, they asked me if I would be interested in reading for the part of of, um, of Andrew, uh, which is the brother. And kind of spoilers if anyone's here who hasn't seen the show. But the show is about Clara, who who is Andrew's brother, who the show is about how Andrew has cancer and him dealing with it, but it's from the perspective of Clara and all the pressures and the social pressures and the family pressure that she has to deal with, the trying to keep everyone together while they're dealing with Andrew's cancer, uh, which is a really nice twist on, on that kind of perspective. Um, so in the original version we read through Andrew dies in the first like five minutes. And so I was like, okay, this might be a good thing for me to do because it's small, low stakes, you know, there's no pressure. It's a really small role. This is great. And then just as the show developed, it became a bigger role and a bigger part, which is like, you know, woe is me. But it it became more than I anticipated. And I'm so grateful for it, because it turned into something that's very near and dear to my heart. But it's just funny how that kind of kind of blew up. Um,
0: As as you're saying, it was a small role. I'm thinking, no, it wasn't.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, it wasn't. Right, exactly. But that's, but that's how it started off. And that's why I signed on. And, And it's, you know, it was one, it's one of the few times since leaving theater school that I felt that same passion that I felt going into theater school and that same passion for material that I feel when I'm working um, or like whether it's in class or on set or whatever, it's just, it, it, was, it, was, a, it was a piece of theater and a piece of art that I, I felt compelled to be a part of in, in any way. Um, so. It was
0: well done. It was very well done. I, I like to try and support as many people as I can with the Fringe. And I just—I knew Sarah. We did whatever show before. I always say we were in a crappy show together, and that's how I know people. <laughs> yeah. I never like my shows. I never like them. But yeah. I was watching, and then I see you, and I'm like, okay. In my head, everything has to be Disney, so it has to have a happy ending. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That was powerful. <laughs> um, just gonna go cry in a corner now. Uh, wasn't yeah. ready. I don't. I mean, I don't know what I expected based on yeah. the synopsis you provided, but uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely has like there are definitely ups and downs. It's definitely a roller coaster. I feel kind of bad because um, my my family came to see the show, which was which was very kind of them. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I I didn't really tell I told my dad what it was about, but I didn't really tell him much. Cause I didn't want to ruin it. But like I didn't really think about it because literally that sh- the Fringe took place obviously in the summer, but that earlier that year in January. Um, my grandmother had passed away um, and my in fa- my family, like my grandmother was very much the matriarch in the epicenter of our family. And we were, you know, she was, she was easily one of my best friends and we were all very close to her. And, you know, so we had gone through a lot with her, like, you know, being in the hospital and, you know, me working, I'd work at like my restaurant job from like, you know, four until like 11. And then I'd leave at 11 to go to the hospital and be with her overnight until about like six or seven in the morning. And then I'd go home and sleep. And I would do that for like two or three weeks. Um, and I just, like, when I was thinking about those scenes of Andrew in the hospital and what it was like to go through that, I was definitely thinking about when I was watching my grandmother, what that was like, what those intricacies was like, when those moments were like, you know, and I, I, it was so cool. I, I hate that she wasn't able to sleep, but I got to talk to her in those moments. I was asking her these, like, really hard, like, existential questions about, like, life and death and her thought process. And, you know, does she feel complete, She scared, like things, those questions, you know, someone who was like at, you know, the steps of the gate. Um So I did all of that and put all of that stuff into my work, but I didn't really tell my dad about it. So when he came, when I saw him after the show, he was, I've never seen, I've seen my dad cry like twice, you know, one of them was when my grandfather passed away and the other one was like after that show. And he was just like a mess and he was like, you didn't tell me why, did <laughs> you know, so. I feel kind of bad, but yeah,
0: there was no disclaimer. So I understand that, but that is such an interesting conversation to have. I, I can't imagine. I don't even know what I would say. You know, when you see in the movies, people have that perfect last line and then they go there, then they die. I don't, I don't know what I would say on. That's just, it's such an interesting time to talk to someone or that regret of not being able to be there. And that's so interesting to me too, because I'm thinking, haven't you always like, it's just, it's such a moment that, we put so much pressure on. That being said, when you're there for someone at that time, it really is special. So, it's it's conflicting yeah. thoughts.
1: I mean, it's it's interesting because I actually had that a conversation about someone's final moments um, with a fellow actor uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was helping with the self tape, and we actually kind of unpacked that final moment. And what we found when we were like looking at a couple of different movies and TV shows with those similar scenes, um, the thing to me, and I could be totally wrong with this but the thing that makes those final moments so perfect is because there's it's just it's it's a it, there's nothing placed on it in the sense of like they're not worried about what they have to do the next day they're not worried about you know what this person's going to think they've got nothing to lose and so it is just a pure raw unfiltered feeling and emotion so i it almost it obviously depends on the writing but it almost doesn't matter in those scenes what that final line is it's The thought, I mean, you know, you know, as an actor, like it's all thought work, you know, it's the pure thought that's behind it. So it's almost like I can ask my grandmother those questions and it didn't matter what she said. She was going to have my full attention and she could have said, you know, yeah, I'm really scared. Or she could have been like, no, I'm not scared at all. And both cases, I would have been like, whoa. That's true. You know so it, it I, I think you're totally right those moments are, are very like rare and they're very special and fleeting and you know I, I kind of felt bad that there was a part of me that was looking at it from the perspective of an actor I was like 99% there with my grandmother but then like 1% as an actor being like take note take note um, which said,
0: well in a way I almost feel as though I use it as a crutch when I'm going through a hard time okay bottle this emotion, remember everything around you so you can replicate this when you have to do those things that you hate doing.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and you know what? I think think that's totally fair. And I think that element of being an actor in your everyday life, because you gotta gotta practice what you preach. And if you don't practice in your everyday, you're never gonna be able to show up on the mark or show up on set or show up on stage or rehearsal and just be able to do it if it's not something that you've been organically practicing in your everyday life and implementing. And so I think that element of that kind of work is like not something, and again, going back to what we were saying before about how people who aren't in the industry don't really get it and don't know how to talk about it. They don't realize that rehearsal doesn't just mean, okay, now I'm going into a room to rehearse. It's like, no, I'm in line at, co- at a coffee shop and the person in front of me is like taking a really long time and now I'm getting agitated. And now I'm like, you know, bouncing my foot up and down cause I just want my fucking latte, you know? Um, and so it's just <laughs> mindfulness in those moments and practicing breathing in those moments and honing in on a specific thought. And I've definitely been that person that like was in, I did this one time at their, um, at a Starbucks, I was in line. It was like just after the morning rush and th- that exact situation happened. This person went in and they were taking, and it wasn't just, they were ordering a million things. It's like, they didn't know what they wanted. Took them 20 minutes to get to the front of the line. And I think it was, I think it was Louis CK who said this in a bit. If it, If you don't know what you want, for coffee, in, within the 20 minutes that it took you to get the front of the line, I should be legally allowed to punch you in the face, I should, I just should. Um, so I had this moment, and I'm like, I'm like festering and boiling, and I'm like breathing into it. And then I was like focusing on this one thought. And then I kind of blacked out for a second, because I was just focusing on this thought. And all of a sudden, I feel like a tap on my shoulder. And I come back and the person was like, so they're like, do you want to go to the front of the line?" And, like the person who was in front of me that I was aiming this at had already left the Starbucks. I was just like in this space, which is like, yeah, I'm an artist. That's great. But I feel like I just needed to get my damn coffee.
0: <laughs> that is so artistic. I don't know if I've I'm ever... like so hip.
1: I'm so hip, man. You
0: are really cool. I'm like, okay. That's why you have the hat. Like, yeah, That's, guys, that, so
1: it's not my, that easy. it's- how I live it. Yeah.
0: It's not, it's not your hair. You're not having a bad hair day. It's fine.
1: Oh, it's yeah. perfect up there. It's great.
0: Um, I find it. Fa- I just find. I find it fascinating to see people that I knew when they were younger, and just how they. I get so such a weird sense of pride. And I don't. I mean, again, we weren't that close. I just. But I see you, and I see your work, and I think oh. even for the monologues, then you were doing something I'm like, look at him go. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> He's growing <laughs> up so fast. Like, so.
1: <laughs> you're such a sweetheart. It's no. You're so. You're so kind, Robin. And 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 I. I feel the same pride towards people that I know. And like, like you know. Do you know Thomas Colford?
0: Oh, my god! He's amazing!
1: He's amazing, and like he 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 kind of you know took a took a leap of faith and he moved to New York to do this acting program and I'm like so proud of him and like you know obviously i'm I'm now supporting him more from a distance, but it's when I see stuff like that or when I see like the skits that you post and you know the stuff you're working on, I'm like yes, like they're putting themselves out there because you know I think having the secu- the sound of mind security within yourself um to share those parts of yourself that you feel you're still working on, but allowing us to see you in your pure self in the middle of your process in the middle of your journey is like a lot harder to do than, than people recognize. And like, there are, I want to do that more. And I definitely get it in my own way. I mean, I, you know, I don't post a lot. Like I used to post more, but I get really insecure about my singing and guitar playing. And so I haven't been posting videos about it. And I literally had a conversation with myself like two days ago in the shower. What the hell are you doing? Get back on it. Who cares, you know? So I, uh, yeah, I, I, the, the feeling is mutual. The, it, the it's
0: really, I, I, I love when I post something and then I lose followers and like I just I honestly just stop looking. I'm like I'm just gonna like, Just sh-. I, I'm the only person that posts and they're like I'm done with her and it's so fun. oh yeah, uh, what's it called Alexandra's saying post more. Uh, from do you remember Alexandra from Alexandra Augustine?
1: Do what? Do I remember? I... Her?
0: You had a face and I'm like, how do you not know? Do I have to spell it out for you? Like, she's awesome. Okay. Everyone's no. awesome. I think everyone's awesome. And I'm like, oh, this is all cap. She means business. Please post oh, I, more.
1: I just oh. don't know if that has refreshed for me. Hold on. If I hit, Okay, it's Is that gonna take me out of the call?
0: I don't know. Can I try it? I mean you can. Okay.
1: Okay, watch out.
0: <laughs> and he never came back. Oh wait, no, I didn't mean that. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Hi.
1: Nothing refreshed. I don't know. The chat's not working for me. So I I don't see any chats, but that's fine.
0: Okay. It was just Alexandra laughing. That's fine. I respect that. Virtual laughs. I feel it.
1: Cool. Um,
0: So you're going to post more is what I'm taking out of this. Okay. So you have some guitar, some singing. You have to post. I like, Uh, I've been getting homework. So I feel as though I should provide homework for the people. (laughs) uh,
1: Yeah, right. No, honestly, like, I, I think with respect to you posting and losing followers, I'm like, I think that's great. I think I love that like I there's a, wishes that was the case because when I when I post something depending on like you know the hashtags or what not that I have an incredibly large following I don't but it's like I feel like I gain like one or two followers or you know every now and then and that I'm aware that that does that sends me that dopamine hit I'm like oh god I got that thing out of it that's tangible that I can see and value or I put value on it for some reason and I wish that wasn't an element. I wish that wasn't a reason to do it or not to do it. And so the fact you're telling me you lose followers, I'm like, yes, filter the haters out, filter all of them out. They don't deserve your content. That's awesome. For me, that would be like, yes, I need to make more. That's amazing. Um, so I have to do that.
0: I know I got one hate comment and then I started writing like comedically back to her. It was very fun for me because I and- thought who was, cause you know, like I look them up cause I look everyone up cause that's what I do. And I'm like who is this little teenage girl sitting at home writing negativity? Okay, can you check yeah. yourself.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. And then I
0: went all mom in my head. And I'm like, "No, Robin. She's not you're just one little person. You're not going to change her outlook on life. So I'm yeah. just going to write some comedy. Thanks for watching and supporting the cause." Like Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, the fact of the matter is she did she did comment on, which doesn't for your, your your um what's the, what's the word? um uh, It's not interaction. What's the word when you it is, I mean, it is interaction, but there's, um, there, there's a word for uh, media, engagement, engagement. Yeah. It enhances your engagement when someone comments on your profile. So she is supporting you in a way. Um, but yeah, that's so funny. Oh my God. This is a
0: great username. Act like a monster. Do you know this person?
1: I mean, maybe.
0: Yeah, I, I really I, like that name. Okay.
1: For me, so I can't actually, I can't actually tell.
0: Have you uh, ever acted like a monster? This is just curiosity now. I got distracted.
1: Have I ever acted like a monster?
0: I've never had that role.
1: Like, are we talking like like otherworldly monster or like a person who was a bad person that you would say they're a monster?
0: Oh no, I don't need to go that deep with you. I just met a monster in a film.
1: Oh, oh. I did.
0: Wait. Oh, I did. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I did.
1: Um there's a short film. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna botch the, the name of it. Um it's a longer title, but I'm short-forming it to four days. It's a horror film that my friend uh, Kenzie Yango shot. Um, yeah, and I it basically was like a, this was before the pandemic, but it's basically a virus outbreak and turns people into zombie-like creatures. And it's about this one woman who, um, she's like trying to survive, but she got bit. So you see her like mid-transformation, she's trying to hold on. And she ends up encountering like, patient zero, like the one that's spreading it. And I was patient zero. So I had like nine hours of makeup done and everything. Yeah.
0: Where can I watch this? Uh, Or will you share this, post it? I'm curious. Uh,
1: I don't, I know we went to a couple festivals. I don't know if it's available for public viewing, Um, but there is a post on my Instagram. If you go to my feed um, of uh, a shot of me, like talking to Kenzie, like talking about the scene. And I'm in like the full, makeup and everything um so and it's got it if you go through it you'll see it's like blue lit so it's pretty it's pretty easy to to notice but yeah it was a lot i mean the nine and a half hours of makeup was was rough at three in the morning but yeah that's
0: a lot that's that's like x-men level what's going did you get full body what's going on
1: i i got waist up waist up
0: whoa
1: yeah bald cap waist up uh contact lenses every yeah
0: Wait, was this paid or was this unpaid?
1: This, this was unpaid.
0: Yeah, that sounds right, okay.
1: Yeah. No, 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 but but it wasn't- one of, I'm joking. It wasn't one of those unpaid gigs, this was like- It's
0: nine hours of makeup, they know what they're doing, right? This, like.
1: I'm this was like a a friend Kenzie reached out to me and was like hey man we need someone to play this monster are you free this day this time we just need a body there's no lines and I was like fuck yeah be on set for a day hang out with Kenzie like this is awesome I ended up knowing a couple of people on set and made some good connections that day so I was happy to do it Um, Kenzie owed me dinner after that because he said it wouldn't take that long and he didn't like he told me he needed a person to play a monster he didn't tell me it would be almost 10 hours of makeup at a certain time in the morning Um, so he felt kind of bad after that but I was happy to to help out and that the film looks great and the, sh- the footage looks great. So it wasn't one of those gigs where I felt I was taken advantage of.
0: That's always good. Um, Alexandra pointed out, at least it was only waste off. It doesn't affect you going to the washroom. That's a good point. That's fair. That would be bad. That would be bad. That was, have you have you read about these Marvel, like the superheroes, their costumes are apparently terrible. They're apparently super uncomfortable. And that is shocking to me because they're these huge action figures. They're getting paid so much money. and. Yeah. They can't really. They're restricted. That bothers me.
1: Yeah, but huh. I can but, but I, I found that about like, I don't know. Like you see all these spy movies where they're wearing like a suit and tie and they're doing. You know, they come into a fight scene and I'm like, I've worn a lot of suits. You know, Jew boy going to synagogue. <laughs> but I've worn hashtag Jewel. Uh- Those are not comfortable. Those. That is not something that I would want to like. That is not something that I would want to do kung fu in. That is not something I would want to drop from a ceiling in. You know, it's just the most like, they, they, I can't imagine they'd be, you know, supportive or comfortable or tactical in any way, shape or form. I, 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 that doesn't surprise, I didn't know that, but that doesn't surprise me.
0: I I appreciate the women in the high heels and like those dresses. And yet they have a million guns on them. Like, yeah, they were hiding everywhere. How did you not know? (laughs) But think like
1: there's like, while well, as you're walking, there's it's like when you have change in your pocket and every time you take a step, there's like a little jingle jangle. So with, when they have like the dress on, you can see like one, if you can see one of their legs, that means all their guns and weapons are on the other leg and they're not like clanging at all. Like that's crazy.
0: And it's still very tight to the body. And I'm like, huh, look at this movie magic. Yeah. I disagree.
1: Uh. <laughs> I disagree. I'm really upset that the uh, chat's not working for me. That's unfortunate, but that's fine.
0: Oh, they're just talking. Honestly, it's a lot of negativity. Uh, You don't have a lot of people that like you. I've never gotten more positive feedback. I posted your everyone. Daniel, I love Daniel. I'm so (laughs) excited. I'm like, cool. Yeah, he's okay. Like whatever. I mean, no, you're awesome. But it was so. I was so exciting. And also, the people that know you that I know from other places. I'm like, Daniel, you get around. Not in a weird way, just in a good way. I know. I it can't be weird. I guess I don't
1: know. What do you mean?
0: Well, I know. So I knew someone from like random, I, like I audition for anything. I have a serious problem. So I, <laughs> it was like some random community theater I did in Scarborough, they were reaching, like Daniel's awesome. I'm like, oh yeah, how do you know? I don't know how you know him. Um, Oh my gosh, I think her name is pronounced Avra or F. A- I I think it's Avra. Oh, she's my- very nice. Do you know uh, that, her? <laughs> that's crazy. She was so, we did like this eight hour audition for Cabaret Together, it was intense. It was, I love auditioning for them, Scarborough Music Theater, shout out. Yeah. Um. I'm okay not getting anything because their auditions are so fun legitimately <laughs> they are the best people i will always audition for them um i have always auditioned for them will i will i book something i don't know but i'm okay with just meeting people like avra that knows you i'm very excited
1: yeah. avra is really nice we met because i was uh when i first when i first went back to canada i was just looking to do anything like art related just anything in theater any like literally anything didn't do theater until after i left toronto and then i knew the american market more so than i knew the canadian market so i was like yeah. fuck it I do anything and so i got involved with this group called unsung heroes which i think i think they do some stuff um i didn't end up doing the show with them i had to pull out of it um because when um so the the, the group is headed is was created by neil dlin and his brother um richard dlin was my high school math teacher and he was the teacher that
0: no, wait, I did not know this, because my sister-in-law is friends with Neil DeLynn and they were at the wedding, but Mr. DeLynn is, I, where did not piece that together? Okay, I, don't I know the last name.
1: There's a lot of people with the last name DeLynn walking around.
0: <laughs> That's amazing, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that was, what? Okay, as you were.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, so I, I got in touch with Mr. DeLynn because I knew that he was, um, he was helping chat with their musical, they were doing Beauty and the Beast that year.
0: Yes, I know, that's the year we did a fake musical. I was not upset.
1: (laughs) What do you mean a fake musical?
0: Well, I think people, I think some people in our grade wrote a musical, and that's what they were performing for our grade 12, and then the other grade 12s were doing My Dream of Beauty and the Beast. And I'm like, you know what, that's why I wanted to go to chat, and I'm stuck at chat, and I am angry. That
1: written musical was really good, I saw that.
0: Yeah, fine, but it wasn't Beauty and the Beast, so what do you want, what do you want from me? Yeah. Oh, yes. Was it called Libel in the Bible?
1: Libel in the Bible. Yeah,
0: fine. It wasn't bad, but it's not Beauty and the Beast, okay? I want that, like, I wanted the chance to audition, okay? Fair, That's fair all I'm asking.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I reached out to Richard Lynn, and I was like, hey, like, I'm in town, and I'm trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing. Do you need any help with the school musical? I just got back from theater school. And he was like, yeah, come on in. So he and I, like, you know, we met up for coffee and told me that his brother was doing this uh, this, this fundraising concert benefit thing. Um, and I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. So I auditioned, but I was also like bartending downtown. And this was at a point where it's like, keep in mind, I just came from theater school. Like I know how to be in rehearsal. I did not need, I personally do not need six months, five days a week of rehearsal to put on a show. I don't, I finished a gig where I put on a full production musical in a week and a half. So like, I don't need that. Um, so I told them, I was like, look, I, my schedule is pretty tight as far as like work. Cause I'm trying to make money. I just moved back to Canada trying to move downtown. Um, So I can do this show, but I can't come like five days a week. I can't come, you know, even four days a week. It's gotta be like specific when my time is. And they were like, oh yeah, of course, of course, of course. And just, you know, in true theater fashion, it didn't end up that way. And, you know, I'm not saying that it was wrong of them to have more rehearsal. I think it was absolutely perfect for them to have more rehearsal. I personally just couldn't meet the obligation. And so it wasn't fair to them because I had to consistently miss rehearsal and that wasn't fair to all the other people that were showing up, so I pulled out. not because I didn't want to do it, I very much wanted to do it. I loved those people and I loved we we were gonna do some cool stuff and I'm I'm jealous that I wasn't able to be a part of it, but I, I just couldn't meet that commitment. That's just not where I was at. And they all understood. Um and I've gone to see a couple of the shows since. Um but why are we talking about this again? I can't remember.
0: Oh no, I was saying how you met Abra and then you Oh yeah. uh, you met her I'm assuming you met her so, in that.
1: That was Abra was it was the music director of that. Um and she, you know, we've met up for For lunch a bunch of times downtown and she was so supportive of me and what I was doing and you know a lot of the people that do the show are very passionate about theater and very passionate about music but don't have a lot of like music theory or or music knowledge and so she was she, she, she pulled me aside one day and she was just happy that like um she was happy like yes I'm happy that we have another person here who like knows how to approach music and knows how to like tackle this material um so we kind of bonded over that and we nerd like I don't know there's there's people who are theater nerds in the sense that like their favorite musical is rent which is fine like there's nothing wrong with it. so I'm not a big fan of rent <laughs> um but then there are people that it's like oh my favorite musical is this musical that performed one time like 14 years ago and only had like two performances and I'm like oh my god I love that musical too so we were able to like geek out on that like slightly deeper level which was really nice
0: I I love that so much. And I find I'm not, I love what you're saying. You can put in, I, I don't know what it is. And I don't understand. And this is a huge problem I have with community theater. Like, just learn your stuff, come in and let's put on a show. Like, let's take a couple weeks and then let's just do it. And I have a really hard time realizing, no, Robin, not everyone is obsessed and just wants to, like, not everyone has that either that drive or that, like, they don't have the time or they just don't care as much as you do Maybe I shouldn't do community theater.
1: Uh. No, it's like, it, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of the, it, 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 when you get to, when you're doing stuff like that, I, mean, I think community theater is amazing. I've, some of the best shows I've seen have been like student or theater or community theater production. So I will never, ever knock, you know, theater or community theater. um I mean, technically, fringe is community theater. Um,
0: you're right, you're right.
1: You know, um, and some beautiful stuff has come out of that. But, I think it's just you, you have to have self-awareness because you do have a mixture of people doing it. It's not like, you know, when I was coming out of theatre school and I'm living in New York and I know when I work on a show, every single person there is trying to do this professionally. So that already just puts you in a certain place and mentally and like how we operate in this space. Whereas like a lot of people like they're doing theatre so that they don't have to worry about their finance job, which is great. I think that's a beautiful thing they're using it as an escape, but you can't expect them to. Do it all for the same reasons that you're doing it for. And so if you go in you start getting mad at people Uh-oh. for not having the same objective and drive from the same source that you do, it's just, it's going to ruin it for you. It's going to ruin it. I you know. T-
0: I don't even know if it's mad. I think it's just, it was for me, it was the longest time. It was a lack of understanding of what, first off, like, I, okay, I've done Bye Bye Birdie four times. Okay. I don't <laughs> know why they're always putting it on. I know it. How do people not know this music is my, how do you not know the telephone hour? I know every single, like I know the four different components. I could be any, I You're just right. don't, for me, this is just confusing.
1: One woman show by By and prove that you.
0: Um, I will totally do that. Yeah.
1: That should be your next Instagram Live.
0: It's That would actually be very entertaining. Uh, Instagram Live is a bit of a challenge, but I love this idea. And I'm writing it down <laughs> after this. But right. that whole premise of how I just don't understand how people don't know certain things. Yeah. Because it's iconic. Some are they're, they're pretty iconic. Maybe not even Bye Bye Birdie. Maybe um, even Fiddler on the Roof. How do you not know tradition?
1: Yeah. Like you've heard is, this before. Like something. Yeah.
0: But that's also me just realizing, okay, but also it's I hate when people are there that don't want to be there. That's what it is. And they're forced or they feel that they should be there. And that's that's when I get annoyed. But when I find that group that wants to do it. So I was doing a lot of those confidential musical theater projects for a bit. And there was like musical theater improv, whatever. And that was just we all wanted to be there. We just performed the show one night. And it was so magical because everyone took the time. They learned their bit and you just put on a show. And I love working with those kind of people that have that same passion that being said it could still be in community theater it's just finding the right group but it's those it's those people of I don't want to be here I'm just on my phone I guess I'll learn it right before the show and that's that attitude I trust
1: yeah Um, Yeah. especially when you like when you either in that community theater show or like in your own professional life when you take it so seriously when you put your heart and soul into it I mean I, I think it's true of everything not just theater you worked A finance job and you put your heart and soul into what you were doing and you were on a team of other people who didn't put their heart and soul into it, it would would become increasingly more difficult for you to continue performing at that level and to to continue giving that part of yourself over to that because that isn't reinforced by other people behaving the same way. You know, it's like, I feel like when people behave in a certain way in general, it gives other people subconscious permission to do the same. And so if we start... If we're mean to each other, that says that that's an acceptable way to treat each other. And when we're nice to each other, it opens the door and allows people permission to do the same. Um, and so it becomes harder to put yourself on the line to do it, to, to try and set that example consistently when other people clearly aren't looking for that. It just becomes harder and harder.
0: I think what's also interesting, I don't know how, but I feel as so though every show I've done, there's some kind of drama. And I don't. The drama can vary in degrees of, <laughs> I don't understand this, to, whoa, that's a lot of drama. <laughs> yeah. Is it just because we're actors, artists, we always, but, or is it just life? That's just people and there's always something going on. I don't know, but.
1: I think, I think it's both. But I think anytime you take um, people, I, I think specifically with actors too, because I think actors um do either have the ability to, or are more courageous in having more primal emotions and expressing them um, than the average person does. But I think if you take people and put them in an intense setting, whatever that setting is, whether it's rehearsal for a musical or a deserted island because they're trapped or, them in like you know the, like i think a perfect example is like i work a restaurant bartending job you take a bunch of people as servers and bartenders and slap them at six thirty, seven o'clock p.m in the middle of the rush intense things are going to happen because they're in an intense environment and so i think part of it is an egotistical based thing and i think you know when people are doing these scenes and revealing parts of themselves to each other and being open and honest you it's it's easier to fall in love with that part of that person um because it's so shiningly brilliant that they're allowing you to see that part of themselves. So that makes sense to me. But I think it also makes sense that if you put people in that environment, just intense things are going to happen regardless. And so it's up to us to kind of have that wherewithal and that self-awareness to go, okay, how much of this am I going to be a part of? How much do, am I going to walk away from?
0: Yeah. I, I hate that story of like people made fun, like that Oliver story that you're saying and your voice cracked. And I thought, you know what? everyone's putting themselves I I remember there would be people in certain shows I would do and they would make fun of how other people are acting or I should have gotten this role and that kind of animosity and that's just so negative you didn't get the role this is your role and do it because it just brings such a oh such a I I can't think of the word other than negative and I've used it and that's redundant but it's just it's just a downer honestly okay (laughs) it's a downer it is. You didn't get it. Either quit the show, you're here, or do the role you have. And that just makes right. me, that being said, I know I've definitely brought that kind of anger sometimes, and then I have to check myself. I'm like, Robin, right. you're in this show, okay? You didn't get that role. And yes, in your head, you could probably do it better, but I guarantee you did a shitty audition. I don't <laughs> about at auditioning, like 100% terrible yeah. at auditioning i will choose the worst song and the worst monologue every what's your, time
1: what's your go-to song for auditioning? i don't
0: you? know, i literally change it every time because that's what i do because oh. in my head I'm like it worked for this one or i'll choose like a really inappropriate song that doesn't match the genre at all and i'm like one time i did one time i did get it right i actually got a compliment uh and then i get a callback but i didn't book okay. it and then i was like i don't want to be in the course that kind of attitude but at <laughs> least i knew i didn't want to be in the course and i didn't take the course and just be bitter. So I was proud of myself, but also I probably should have just done the course.
1: <laughs> what, was the, what was the show, what did you audition with?
0: Oh, it was, oh, what's it called? That, um, it was The Producers. It was The Producers and it was, so it's Mel Brooks. So I just did a Young Frankenstein one. And yeah. like, thank you for doing the same. I'm like, yeah, what else would I do? That was the only obvious one to me. Right. I just finished Young Frankenstein. I know this show. I'm obviously yeah. gonna do a song from Young Frankenstein. I'm like right, right, uh, right. it wasn't so obvious to people I'm like oh okay I thought this I thought you would have heard this like eight times already because it's the same accent too but okay uh that's so I did, yeah it was a good that was like the best moment I've had um and that was not even getting the role it was I chose the right song that's
1: great but, th- but that's but that's a form of validation you need I mean like I think it is important especially like when you're auditioning for a musical to like audition like be aware of what the material is and what the story is you're telling and you know the, the choice in, in song and monologue isn't necessarily to show you're a good actor, but it's to show you have an awareness of that kind of material. Um, that being said, I, I have one caveat. I would say that the audition that I did that changed my life the most, um, as far as like musical theater, I 100% auditioned with the wrong kind of song and I just didn't know any better at the time. So you never know. You never. Well,
0: I feel as though the song you chose—you can still sound. They still hear your voice, right?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. You you want to show that you can sing, but like this specific example, I auditioned. This was like when I was. This was back at Queens when I was first getting into musical theater, Um, like really getting into it. Um, I auditioned for a production of Gypsy.
0: Oh my God! What?
1: I knew nothing about nothing. I didn't know the story. I didn't know the style of music. I had never heard any song from Gypsy before, ever. And I found out about it because I had just that summer, um, I did a production of Next to Normal in Kingston. That's
0: uh, a wonderful
1: one. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, 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 I was very happy to do that role and I learned a lot on that show, on that show. but I didn't know anything about really about musical theater. I knew of Next to Normal because that was a song that, uh, well, that show is, a, is something that my friend introduced me to because they were trying to convince me that I should go into singing. And I was self-conscious about my higher voice. Um, and they were like, well, listen to this guy who like won it, who was nominated for a Tony for his high voice in this. And it was Aaron Tveit singing, I'm Alive. Um, they sent me the cast before, you I was like, oh, that's like dope, okay, cool. So I knew about that, but other than that show, I didn't know any, the only theater I knew Rent was a thing. I knew Wicked was a thing. I knew Avenue Q was a thing. That's it. I knew nothing else. Um,
0: Please tell me you did a song from Avenue Q for Gypsy.
1: No, I did a song from Next to Normal from Gypsy. I
0: basically, so basically what happened was
1: after Next to Normal, I, uh, there was a teacher at Queens who I hadn't taken classes, but I knew of her and I just hadn't taken her class yet. And she kind of like approached me after the show and was like, is this what you want to do? And I didn't know at that point uh, because I was also considering going into theater tech. I was actually building sets for a couple other shows. Um, And so I was like, I didn't know which one I wanted. And back then I didn't like know for sure that acting was my thing. And I was also like, hey, job security. I may want to do this other thing. Um, And so I told her that and she was like, totally fair. Um, There's this school in New York called AMDA that you should take a look at if you think that this is what you want to do because I think you'd be a good fit for it. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Okay, whatever. I'm not going to like musical theater school in New York. Uh, I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> but then I was like, I started like, thinking about it. I was like, okay, if this is something I want to do, I got to learn to dance. Like, I don't, like, I could dance in the sense that I had a good awareness of my body and movement, but I knew no technique whatsoever. So I went down to the Kingston School of Dance on a friend's recommendation and I spoke to the guy there. Um, and basically told him my story. Like, this is, like, I want to, like, learn how to dance. I'm, like, interested in doing this. And as I was leaving, he goes, oh, so you do sing and nap, right? And I go, yeah. And he goes, we're doing a production of Gypsy. We're auditioning uh, downtown later. You should you should come by. There's a role that's perfect for you. And, again, I didn't know what he was talking about. I, had, I was like, ah, oh, I don't know. And it also, like, the production of Gypsy overlapped with another student production that I really, uh, student production of Queens musical theater was doing Sweeney Todd and I wanted to audition for that. Um, So I was like, eh, I'm not sure, whatever. And so I went for coffee with my friend, Jessica, who was like a Kingston local and like did theater and music search and she's a brilliant opera singer. Um, And I told her the story and she looks at me, she goes, are you fucked? Go. And I was like, I don't wanna go. She's like, shut up, go. And it was like a really good company with like a lot of money behind it. And I was like, okay, whatever. I was like, Jess, I don't have any, what do I sing? And she goes, you just did next to normal, go. So I went home and the only sheet music I had was I'm Alive. I'm like, great, I don't nothing, I'm just gonna show that I can sing. So I went, I went down to the theater and there was like a lineup outside the theater door. There were like 200 people there. And I was like, this is, I did not wanna do this, whatever. So the guy, his name is Evan Gage. Um, he came out to look at all the people and he saw me. He goes, oh, you came. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, great, great, come, 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 come. And everyone's like scouring at me because they're like waiting and I'm just like being bumped to the front of the line. And so I go in and this guy, uh, Michael Catlin, dear friend of mine who helped me get into theater school, um, he was the director. um, I I met him and and Evan was like, Michael, this is the guy that I told you that I like had the conversation with like earlier. He actually showed up. And I was like, hey, what's up guys? Um, And so he goes, great, what are you going to be doing for us? And I was like, I'm going to be doing, I'm alive from next to normal. And they all went, okay.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: So I, so I handed them, the, the others, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. It's great. So I, I went to the to the accompanist and I handed them my Steve music and yeah, so we did that. And Michael then goes, Oh, you were the son in next to normal. It just happened last summer. And I was like, yeah, you saw these. Like, yeah, I saw that twice. You were amazing. That, that was awesome. I was like, Oh dude, thank you so much. So, um, long story short, they ended up booking me for, for Tulsa and I didn't know how to dance. Um, so what ended up happening is I got booked for the role and I started taking dance classes with Eben, but as a result of being in the show, because I wasn't getting paid, he then gave me private one-on-ones uh, addition, addition, in addition to rehearsals and in addition to um, to, uh, to the other dance classes I was taking, he gave me one-on-ones to like learn the choreo for this for this big dance number. Um, and yeah, that was the first time that I that I danced like really in front of people. Um, and then fast forward a few months later, it was about like eight or nine months later, um, I was in the audition for AMDA, which I ended up applying to originally by accident, but then I decided to go through with it. And I did my song, I did, uh, I did I'm Alive because it clearly worked for me. Um, and then I did a monologue and the guy behind the table I didn't know this at the time, but uh, Casey Colgan, I know he was in the chat earlier, he's amazing. I love Casey Colgan, he was uh, the dance teacher. And he um, he looks at my resume, he goes, oh, you played Tulsa in Gypsy. And I was like, oh yeah, that was like my introduction to dance. That was awesome. And um, he goes, so did you do like the, the big Tulsa dance? I was like, I did, I did, I did. Yeah, it was my introduction to dance. So it was probably like a, a slightly more like beginner version of it, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. he goes, great, can I see the Tulsa dance? And I froze because I didn't remember it nine months later, but I don't want to be like, oh no, you can't see it. So I tried to think of like a way to get out of it. So I was like, oh, I don't really like remember it. He goes, oh, that's okay. Just do whatever you remember. I just want to see like you like get a sense of like your your body movement. I was like, oh, okay. Well, the song is so heavily, like the dance is so heavily intertwined with the song and I don't have the sheet music and I'm fucking stupid because these are guys New York. Everyone knows all I need the girl. Every accompanist in New York has played all I need is the girl 50 times a day during every audition. Obviously the accompanist Christine was like oh I know take it from bar 72 and, and it just starts going on. I was like fuck here we go. Here we go. So I ended up doing I like I'm pretty sure I closed my eyes at the beginning just be like just please God let something come out and I think I remembered more than I thought so I started doing stuff um, and then I Stopped after a while because I couldn't remember anymore but that ended up get that dance and I, I spoke to my teachers afterwards that dance got me my scholarship into school which allowed me financially to go to that school um and it all happened because I sang the wrong song at the right audition so oh
0: my, I got chills from that story oh my goodness yeah I love that yeah. story
1: so so there's all these rules about Do's and don'ts, but then, fuck it.
0: <laughs> so everyone is going to do next to normal now because of you. Yeah. Well, Dan, work for Daniel. I guess I'm just gonna. Uh, I'm gonna do it. It's gonna be my
1: next to normal is a beautiful show, and I, I honestly am surprised that more people don't know about it. Like, it, it's one of the few musicals that actually won a Pulitzer Prize, and you know, it's I I, I think that movie that movie I think that musical should be as well known as mega musicals like like Rent and Wicked and Miss Saigon and Phantom.
0: So powerful and it just addresses so many issues and I think I honestly wonder if it's just hard for people to watch some of that because for me sometimes I just want to go to a musical and leave happy. I don't know if you leave just have a smile on your face yeah you feel you feel affected but I don't think you go oh yeah that was next to normal (laughs) some foot stomping music there. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some bangers. There are
0: actually, I'm thinking of that analyst or that psychoanalyst. I can't remember the name. But that's a funny one. The doctor one. Yeah, that was funny.
1: Bangers in that show. But yeah, it it definitely is a specific type of theater. And if you, if you're the type of person that goes to a theater to escape, not the show for you. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if 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 you go to the theater to see big Broadway numbers, like show-stopping dance sequences, not the show for you, um, you know. But then again, like neither is Dear Evan Hansen, and Look at like what happened with Dear of Hansen, and that addresses a wide variety of you know hard-hitting topics, and it's Dear of Hansen. So, but yeah. so I, I don't know. I, and I just say break up, Who cares?
0: I, I love that you did gypsy because that that show to me I love that show, and I was so grateful that i like that was an odd one that I came across later in life and mm. i I was like for me I'm, I have to be gypsy like or louise whatever and <laughs> and it's such a weird feeling to be like I want to do that strip T song and I can't explain I'm like I just love everything behind it this this one song and she transforms into a yeah. like that. That concept was fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. It's almost like an extreme makeover in a song. And I just loved it. And it's so weird because I see this mom and it's such a weird dream role to want to be this overbearing mom. But that that role is so well done. I just don't know why. I really just hate the ending. I feel as though it doesn't fit. I don't know how you could end it better. I just don't.
1: So 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 that the ending to that show is... Um this is how I feel about the ending to um, to Rent. It's like, it was broadway in the sense that like, oh, okay, we got to make it family friendly. We got to make it, you know, we got to have them feeling good at the end. But I'm pretty sure like in reality, like they didn't, like the, yeah. the, the mother and daughter hated each other. So it's like, they just made it so that it could have a feel good moment at the end, even though it doesn't really make.
0: I think that's what happens, right? And I leave, and I think I'm just confused, or even after performing it, I'm like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel because there was again some fun songs, some mo- moments, and you're like, "Whoa, powerful!" But then otherwise, I, I don't know uh, what what is settled. What is what's the ending to like? Do I? Why did I watch the show? Is something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and it, it sort of, it sort of the
1: sort of does, like. It does sort of take away from the message of the show and from the themes that are talked about as far as like, what are you willing to give up to succeed? What are you willing to sacrifice? And at the end of the day, she was living vicariously through her daughter. And the whole point is to show the terrible consequences as a result of that. But if she just forgives you at the end, it kind of takes away from that. From that kind of like warning, like this is a like heed the warning, and that's like a, a very that's an important style of storytelling to tell. You know, some are to tell the story, and some are to be like, here's a warning, here's a fable, um, and that's that's what this is. It should be a fable, but it's not because they end up fine.
0: <laughs> I don't I don't even know if they end up or they just it just ends. Is yeah, how I I'm like, yeah. She says that tough speech to her mother, and then it ends. Oh, she has that big Mama Rose, look at my song. Da, yeah, everything
1: mama rose. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I like my version better.
1: <laughs> better too. But just so you know, don't feel bad about wanting to do that strip tea song. I want to do that strip tea song. Everyone wants to do it. It's
0: so, I'm like, I do, but you know what? Honestly, here's the problem. We performed it in a church, so I had mixed feelings. I uh, I mean, I'm Jewish, right? Like, we're Jewish, whatever. But, like, mmm. Mm, so, did I? I don't think I offended our God. Oh, sorry, Hashem. Uh, Slicha. <laughs> Wait, do you speak Hebrew?
1: me. Anisraeli.
0: I I
1: I don't speak fluent Hebrew anymore. My my Hebrew used to be a lot better. Um
0: Do you my, put it on your resume?
1: I do. Yes, yeah. Because I because I have enough Hebrew that I can be conversa- somewhat conversational with it. Um and if I needed to learn Hebrew for the purposes of a role, I absolutely could. Um between you know my family who is which is Israeli and my sister who lives in Israel and I lived in Israel for a couple of months volunteering and so I just yeah I learned more I, doing that than at you know Hebrew school but yeah
0: I I mean no I I really appreciated my education <laughs> hey
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly um but yeah it's it's definitely on my resume I don't know if it's don't know if it's gotten me any work yet. I think it's gotten me in a couple of doors, but I don't know if I've booked it. That's I right. was
0: fascinated. Someone read my one of the casting directors I was talking to. She goes, "Oh, so I see you read. Uh, you can speak Hebrew." I'm like, "Oh my God, your resume!" Resume. I'm like, yeah. I didn't think... <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. it's uh, yeah, One a... of these days, we're gonna book like a Hebrew speaking role. Um, yeah. There's a lot of. I saw Sasha Baron Cohen did this. Um, I think I was late to the game watching when he was a spy. I don't know if you've seen that series. It was incredible and I was so amazed that I understood everything I don't know why but it just and I also love when the subtitles don't match what he's saying I really appreciated that
1: Always fun I mean it's hard for me to watch stuff that's in Hebrew because a lot of the stuff that I that I would watch that's actually in Hebrew is like it's like from Israel and they speak when when you have an Israeli speaking Hebrew it is so fast that it's like I'm sure I understood what you said you just got to slow it down but if you slow it down then that's no natural to how israelis and hebrew speakers speak so i do need the subtitles for a hebrew speaking moment not just because i can't keep up you know but if you slowed it down at like you know 70 percent, i could be like yeah i I don't need subtitles anymore
0: i feel like if you were living in israel for a couple (laughs) weeks you would be able to pick up that pace though
1: i i think so i in the two months that i that i lived there a few years ago Honestly, the thing that made me learn Hebrew the most was talking to cab drivers.
0: They are, I mean, I think I have a distant relative that's a cab driver in Israel, and they're, not only do they talk a lot, but I just, they're, they're so easy to talk to, and they're so understanding, I find. Like, okay, well, yes, I know, I understand how much English you are speaking, but then let's just get you doing more. Uh,
1: yeah, but also the haggling with them as well, like, they, you thats to, like take a cab by a meter or you can just agree on a price and a lot of the times it makes more sense to like take at the fixed price because if it's a meter they're going to go a really convoluted route to ride to get that meter up. And so you know I'll be like 30 shekels I'll be like are you crazy I take this I took that trip like four times a week it's easy 15 and then we like haggle and already I'm now in this like speaking aggressive you know Hebrew mindset. Do you um, add
0: so the that hands you go like hey.
1: Eh. Yeah. You know and so it's just like i can by the time we get in the car with an agreed price i'm now relaxed and i'm in a hebrew mindset. So now a conversation's really fucking easy so yeah
0: oh my gosh okay I, if i have to time my trip to israel with you so i could get a good deal on a cab because i've definitely i i hear them i hear what they're saying when it's like my whole family went and they were just saying let's rip them off I'm like, and I, I wasn't brave enough to say
1: don't know anything they think that we don't know and i'm like you guys don't understand that half the tourists that come to israel are jews and speak hebrew like yeah you got to know that but for the record if, when you go to israel and do that don't contact me i'll tell you to contact ariella like she'll
0: do that oh, yeah i should call contact her she's a nice girl i like your older yeah. sister i don't really know the younger one okay, she, <laughs> okay.
1: she's all right ariella ariella she's great she's Did I, she I
0: joined I, the army by the way i thought i saw that
1: yeah, so she, um, when she moved, after she moved to Israel, she was there for two or three years. And then she, like, took a break from school and was working, and then she she enlisted. Um, and she volunteered for the army, and she did, like, two years, but then she got promoted to a captain or an officer or something, and then she did an additional year, uh, which was great, because they ended up paying for her school, for her undergrad, after, like, oh. um, and, yeah.
0: I can't imagine being in the army. I don't, I don't know why this is one of the scarier things for me, the concept of being in the army. And I don't know why.
1: Well, I, I almost joined the Israeli army too. I was like literally like 10 feet away from it because before I found theater, that's what I wanted to do. Um, the summer in between my first and second year of university, I went to Israel to volunteer for um, again to be the dumb. And mm-hmm. so the people I actually, because the chat isn't for me, I don't know if there's anyone in the call right now, but, um. For anyone who doesn't know, McGenna-Vida Dome is basically the Israeli Red Cross. Um, yeah. So I volunteered there for a couple of months. And so because I was there, I was like, oh, I can finally see CREO. I never get to see her because she's on the other side of the planet. Um, and she was in the army at that time. So she had to go to her office and get something. But because it's a little weird because I'm not, in, I'm not like an Israeli in the sense that I have a passport, but every time I go to Israel, they ask me where my passport is. Um, because they, because I tell them that like my dad's Israeli, my family's Israeli and my sister's there and everything. So I could have an Israeli passport and get citizenship. Um, at the time, because of my age, um, if I had stayed in Israel for more than three months consecutively, they could have legally drafted me. And at that point, I can't remember the exact ruling, but basically if I had walked into that office, not that they would have known, but if I would have walked into that office, they could have been like, yoink, you're in the army now. Um, so, I waited outside for her to, like, get her stuff. But this is at a time when I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was feeling very, very lost in life. And I just, I didn't really have any other alternatives at that point. So, there were, like, a 10-minute window when I was, like, standing outside this building. and I was just, like, I could just walk in and just... Do and, and this was something that I, I had considered previously. It's not like it was just in this moment. Like in my second in my last two years of high school, I was considering not going to school and joining the joining the Israeli army. That was something that was, you know, seriously a, a consideration of mine. Um but then but before I was able to make a decision, my sister came out of the office and we went for lunch. And that was that. Um but it all as far as like regrets that I have so far, I mean, fight like joining the Israeli army is something that I, there is still a part of me that wishes I had done that a part of me.
0: That's so interesting. Mm. I, I, I always get bogged down. And what if I did those, those decisions, right? Those moments when if you took this path, what would my life have been? Yeah. That is, I mean, I, I, I feel like you do well in the army. I don't know. I have faith in you for anything, but I just feel uh, like you would do well. I don't.
1: I mean, honestly, now, maybe, but back then, no fucking way I would have gotten eaten a lot i'm like i i I'm, I'm alive today because I wasn't in the army, but I don't know I mean, I also think if i had joined the army, there's no way I would have found like theater and music and acting i just i wouldn't have i'd be a, a I'd be a, a very 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 different person and yeah. I'm not saying better or worse, just a different version of myself. you know there's a universe out there where Daniel joined the army, and what happened with that um but yeah, I just i always. And I, I, since then, I've, I've had mixed feelings about it because as much as I am Israeli and as much as I went to Jewish school, you know, we, we have certain feelings about the state of the Jewish people and the state of Israel and the conflicts there. And, you know, since going to university and since experiencing, you know, interacting with other people of different faiths, I now have more conflicting feelings about the situation there. Um, whereas back in the day, I was like, no, Israel is like, right all the time. And I'm like, no, they're not.
0: <laughs> that's lot- funny. I'm, I'm still very much like, whatever, Israel's always right. Um, but that's just, I don't, because I don't know if I've taken the time to look from, but that's just, I don't know. Israel's such a sensitive topic. And I'm they, like, I don't know. They're doing COVID right. They got vaccines. They might have a cure. They, they, so, they, they, whatever they, they're doing. Yeah. They
1: beat the world in COVID. They're number one. Yeah. They, they do that right. But as far as like, I, I don't always agree with Israel's actions. But I don't know
0: if I know enough to have an opinion. No, I think that's the problem. Where it's like a blind follow, you know,
1: and I don't know as much as I should at this point. But back then, it's like, I don't always agree with their actions. But I do always agree with their intention. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Specifically, and and, and I agree more with their, you know, army tactics, as opposed to their day to day government, like, um, like policy issues. Those are more convoluted. But as far as like the Israeli army, and like, what, what that came from and where it came from. Like my grandfather fought in the Irgun, it was, you know, he was in jail for fighting for the creation of Israel. So that's sort of embedded into my family. And I always felt like b- back in high school, I felt like our existence as the Jewish people here in Canada was always threatened because the existence of the Jewish people in Israel was threatened. And I was like, well, if they can't even be safe, how the hell are we safe? So how am I able to live my peaceful life here? You know, and I always felt like I should do something. Um, and so I think that was part of the reason that I ended up volunteering for the Israeli Red Cross just to just to do something, you know. Um,
0: I don't know about your experience. I forget where I was stationed with Magen David Adom, but I don't know how much I helped. I'm gonna be, I'm putting it out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it depends. I was in I was in Haifa. Um, for those of you who don't know, that's like the most northern part of Israel. Um, very mountainous um, and very uh, a large elderly population, very large elderly population. Um, and I didn't do as much work as I would have wanted to have, or at least in the preconceived idea of what I'd be doing.
0: But the training was so intense. That's why we the had the training. Was really it was fun. nuts. And I thought, okay, every day I'm doing CPR. I got this. <laughs>
1: just- yeah. So I, I, I was actually one of the few people that I did CPR relatively consistently. Um, I think it's because I, I was staying. in in an elderly populated area. Uh, But I did CPR like seven or eight times um, throughout throughout the whole thing. Um, And there were situations where, you know, an old woman fell, but she was overweight. So we had to get her into that, like, you know, that emergency chair and there were no elevators. We had to like carry them down the stairs. So I'm glad I was there for that to help out. Um, And not because of a male, female thing, but it's like, I was, not that I'm a big guy, but I was bigger than the two women I was with i just i just was and so it's one thing to put someone into a chair it's another thing to carry them down four flights of stairs you know so i don't know if i necessarily had an impact on the overall state of israel <laughs> but uh as far it's, it's
0: like you feel like you're giving back you're helping out somehow that's at least how i justified that in my head um,
1: yeah. i don't know yeah no i look if you if you decide to it's like if you decide to dedicate your time by going to a soup kitchen you know and and helping feed homeless people but no one's in line for food that doesn't make the work you're doing any less valuable you know but
0: you you know what's fascinating and I took away the shift work was when you get that night shift and I never appreciated until then how those night shifts mess with you so much and you get a night shift and then a day shift and it's yeah it's just something that unless you experience it you take it for granted all these people working night shifts that messes with your body and I'm just so grateful for people that do that because we need that now. I need that always, but it's it's hard.
1: Yeah, you listening, Justin Trudeau? We need that. We need <laughs> people.
0: This became very political and religious,
1: and I that is it's
0: like we should <laughs> never talk about politics or religion. I'm like, oh god, I think we're doing it, but I'm also not hating this conversation. But also, I don't even know if anyone's watching anymore. Okay.
1: It's, uh, shout out to all the nurses and first the first line responders. Just gonna put that out there.
0: Yeah. When in doubt, shout yeah. out. <laughs> Uh, that sounded oddly funny, but I, I meant it seriously. Uh-huh. You
1: know, it reminded me of it reminded me of the days in Cayman because I always hated this because I don't know. And, and if you were one of the people that did this, I apologize. Um, but you know, we would get those those announcements over the intercom a lot. And anytime there was like a fundraiser or whatever, they would um, you know they would they would go onto the intercom you know at lunch or during class, being like, "This is an announcement for whatever you know, Darfur or Haiti or whatever we're raising money for." Which is great. That's cool. I'm glad they're doing that but while i went to associated my family just did not have a lot of money we just didn't and i knew some of the people who were running these like these students that were running the campaign and they did have a lot of money so when they're on the intercom preaching at me don't be greedy give to the needy I am like
0: you, hypocrite. Like I can't. <laughs> you know? That was today so okay. because we don't have the money on it. Oh my god! Yeah, that was no. I okay. I had to make. I I just remember this now. So I I had an issue with student council where I decided I had to be on it in high school. It was very healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I became the program director in high school. <laughs> All I know about that job is I had to make announcements. So I might have done an announcement like that in high school, and I apologize. I. Because I don't even know if I donated to the charities I was promoting. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't.
1: That's...
0: I don't know. I said, okay, I did, did <laughs> we just donate, and then it gets to a point. I think the problem is there are so many charities, and as it, you know, as young adults, teenagers, whatever, you're, oh, everyone has a different cause. So it's every other day, it's a new cause, and you want to be respectful of that cause, but also, okay, we're teenagers. How much money do we have? And also, these schools are expensive. Like, how much money do our parents
1: with like a dollar 50 and I spent half of that on Reese's pieces from the vending machine. So I got like 50 cents, bro. Like I ain't got much,
0: you know? Oh, uh, that 50 cents can feed five children in, I don't know. Uh...
1: The fact that that statement is actually probably true is very sad. Yeah,
0: I said that and I'm like, that is true. That wasn't a joke. That go, real. Uh,
1: that scene from Eurotrip when they get trapped in that middle of nowhere town and they've tried to pull their money together and they've got like a buck 80 between them. And they're like, what can this get us? And the next scene is they've essentially bought a hotel. <laughs> that's really unfortunate, but it's true.
0: I mean, that's the thing. And that's why I love, I love my comedy to kind of get those points across. It is very unfortunate. It's actually a little ridiculous to a point where it's just such an inequality. And it's, I mean, one person bitching about equality isn't going to change anything. But it's kind of just keeping that conversation going.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. How do how do these these lives with you normally go? Like, are we? we Oh, my God, I was just gonna ask,
0: like, I don't know how long normally my husband shows me a sign if it's been an hour. I love you. You've been lagging like a little. um, He's gonna hear that comment in a couple minutes. And it's fine. Our marriage is okay. Uh, But I don't know how long we've been talking for.
1: God. I don't have I don't have a problem with how with how long it's gone. I just I just don't know if I'm doing the thing that you wanted me to do by coming on here.
0: It was legitimately just a chat. I I like I like talking to people. I enjoy. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! It's been an hour and a half. Oh, wow. Okay, right. that might be the longest one. We got we got. I don't even know if it was sidetracked. It's just kind of chat. See see what's that's, going on.
1: I think I just and, like talking so.
0: I really enjoy talking to you, and I love the stories you have. And love I know that. we didn't discuss Pokemon. I hope you're <laughs> OK with that.
1: Oh, god. Uh, Pokemon has, like, that's all I did as a you got to catch them all. That's all I did. Um, Pokemon I was going
0: to make you do the Pokemon rap. I didn't. I wanted to see, without practice, if you could do it. OK,
1: no way. There's no, there's no version of this. I know...
0: I know the part from Charmeleon. That's all I got.
1: Pikachu, Arbok, Radicate, Butterfree. Like, that's it. Like, I don't know anything else. It's been, it's been a while, but I Do was, your Tulsa dance. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. I was. <laughs> that at the end of the show, like, I was watching the show, but then I was excited for, like, post credit Poke Rap. Like, I was excited. Like, I would, and I would try and get the whole thing.
0: Yeah, you got to try it.
1: You got, you got it. Okay.
0: I'm going to lay it down. You join in. Charmeleon, War Tull. Mewtwo, Tentacruel, Aerodactyl, Arminite, Slowpoke.
1: Oh, Pidget, box?
0: That's all, That's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was That's lovely. I and I was worried I was going to forget it. That's-,
1: That's so funny. It's actually been 20 years. Oh, my I God.
0: can't forget it. I can't.
1: Armanite.
0: I don't know the beginning. What's the beginning? I don't know. I'll look it up, but I didn't want to. I wanted to do it fresh.
1: That's so... I... I'm like living I'm, I'm living in this moment right now like reminiscing and feeling nostalgic over the poker app that's hilarious
0: it's a, and that's I, w- I want to be able to create something that people do 20 years from now that they're like remember this let's talk about it <laughs> that is the biggest dream for me it's not obviously not a poker app that's been invented pokemon yeah. but just something that would be that would be me feeling like I contributed and I don't like, that's my goal. That's my life goal as of today.
1: You play Pokemon? Like, is that something you did?
0: I watched, I watched them all and I played the Game Boy, the, okay, you have to have the yellow one because then Pikachu follows you. Mm-hmm. And there was this, I, I talk about the sketch all the time. It was so funny. They did Pokemon in real life. And so they had someone riding a bike in front of a random person, but it was from the side angle or behind or, but, oh, they only talk to you when you're right in front of them. Yep. That's the only time they acknowledge you.
1: That's funny. Oh, wait, when, was... when their eyes meet? Yeah, 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 that's- And then
0: even the whole, when they see, they had the whole battle and they, I think it was Metapod and Harden. that's all he could do. God. <laughs> he just, he just adds a shell. This, just this. adds
1: Like puts yeah. on a jacket.
0: That is- Hardin,
1: Yeah, he just puts on like another jacket. <laughs> oh.
0: It was great. I gotta find that again. I could use that laugh. Oh God.
1: That sketch or you saw that sketch.
0: No, I saw it. I wait. He came up with this. It was a whole thing. It was. It was just. It was so well done. And I thought that is. I need to figure out how to do something like that. It was yeah. very well done. Uh, it was great. That's I don't right. know who the person is that I keep talking about the sketch, but it was well done. Well, reach
1: out. <laughs> Action. I.
0: I mean, I probably will at some point. I. I, I sometimes have courageous moments, and otherwise, I'm like, oh, they won't talk to me. Who am I? Um. It's
1: very. Uh. You- oh, ben
0: have you not seen my window chats?
1: <laughs> her window chats she's Robin she's all the rage right now <laughs> like like move over her it's like this is Robin that's amazing yeah.
0: uh, okay I have to we have to end it on with the poker wrap this is great um thank you so much for doing this I thoroughly enjoyed it oh yeah good shabbos because it's the first time I can say that
1: good shabbos. good shabbos good
0: shabbos
1: uh, uh. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I know this was just kind of hanging out, but I don't, again, I don't know if anyone's in the call. don't know if anyone's in the chat or whatever, but it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Always like talking to you.
0: You are a delight. All right. Um, Keep, you had to post more so I can share and be excited for you. I'll get on. Okay. I appreciate that. All right. Well, have a great weekend. Thanks for the chat.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you too. All right. Bye.
0: (laughs) Bye. Uh...